Good morning and welcome to the 7am Bible. This is Paul Chapman and this is episode number 9. Well, let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the beautiful morning you've given to us so far. We thank you for waking us refreshed to a brand new day. We pray that you'll bless us now in the study of your word and that we'll find uh, your will for us today. So be with us now, we pray and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. In our last episode, we looked at the birthright bargain, the blessings of God's covenant promises sold for a bowl of soup. It was perhaps the most expensive meal a person has ever bought. The results of that decision in Esau's case can be boiled down to one thing. He sold his birthright to satisfy appetite. Now, this is the part that is, that is significant for you and me. And this is what I want to talk about today. Appetite and the need to control it. You see, right there in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve lost everything over a piece of fruit. They took what was forbidden and reaped a harvest of suffering and death. All the evil in this world that we experience today, that surround us, the terrible things happening, you know what? It's all a consequence of that one act. That's why when Jesus came to our world, he began where Adam and Eve failed. He fasted for six weeks. The Bible records the experience in Matthew 4, verses 1 and 2. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. After a six-week fast, how hungry do you think Jesus was? Well, how hungry would you have been? Forty-two days without food. Ellen White comments on this in one of her commentaries. She says, uh, with strong craving, Christ's human nature called for food. So now, with Christ in this condition, Satan commenced his attack. Let's read it in verse 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Did you hear that? The devil tempted Jesus on appetite. Why was that? Well, I believe like any good soldier engaged in warfare, Satan identified the weakest point of our humanity. You see, appetite doesn't just take in our desire for food. It takes in all the powerful physical desires and passions of our fallen human nature. The ability to control these is a key weakness in humankind. So many people have been overcome on this point. Satan knew that. And that's why he began here with his assault on Jesus. That fact alone should prove how significant the control of appetite is for us. Jesus maintained full control over his appetite and won an incredible victory for us. Victory in Jesus, we sing about it. But this is what it means. He calls us to follow his example. Now, to do that successfully, we need to recognize that we can't do as we please in this life. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 6.19 you know, about it and in, well, gave us the reason there of why. Because know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own. You see, we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to Jesus. By his death, he purchased the human race. 
He won back our inheritance, including you and me. He paid for us with his own blood, both our soul and our body. That's why the Apostle John, in a message from God to you, writes, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. God wants us to be as healthy in body as we are in soul. Now, the reason we're not a lot of the time, I believe, can be put down to poor control over appetite. If we can control our appetite, we can give ourselves the best chance of keeping the body healthy. But to do that, we need to have a soul that prospers. So is your soul prospering today? Well, if you have Jesus in your life, it will. So how do we get Jesus in our life and keep him there? Well, the answer to that is revealed in how Jesus overcame his test on appetite. Let's read it. I'm coming back to Matthew 4 and verse 4. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The word of God, you see, reveals the laws of life, the principles for a prosperous soul and a healthy body. Temperance is one of those principles. I shared about that yesterday. There I said that the body is a good servant but a bad master. Unless the soul keeps the body under, the body gets above the soul. In her book Christ's Object Lessons, and now that's a beautiful book by the way, and if you haven't read it, I recommend it highly. Alan White writes this, Anything that lessens physical strength enfeebles the mind and makes it less capable of discriminating between right and wrong. We become less capable of choosing the good and have less strength of will to do that which we know to be right. So that's why we need to eat intelligently, conforming all of our habits to the principles of God's law, not just uh, moral principles, but the natural principles. That's the principles that God has established in nature. Now, for our soul to really prosper, God wants us to please him rather than ourselves. But how can we do that constantly? Well, based on what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, I believe it comes by understanding two things. The first is that God wants you and me to live a godly life. He terms it righteousness, which is simply living a life where we choose the right over the wrong thing consistently. This is what it means to please him. And he is backing it up with help to do this when you need it. Philippians 2 and verse 13 tells us that. The second thing to understand is that Jesus is our substitute when it comes to paying the price for sins. That means we don't have to live in guilt and shame for the evil that we've done. God has already forgiven us in Christ. And if we come to him, as John writes here in uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, he says here, if we come uh, confessing our sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means not only will he forgive you, but God through his spirit will cleanse you from ungodly living. Ye are clean, Jesus said through the word which I have spoken unto you. That's John 15 and verse 3. And in John 17 verse 17, he said, Sanctify them 
that means uh, make us clean in heart and life, through thy word, thy word is truth. You see, we are made clean and whole by the word of God. And Jesus said in John 6 uh, verse 63, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, as it's put in the ESV version, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. Did you hear that? God's spirit gives life. And that spirit uses the word of God to cleanse our life from sin and make it like Jesus's. This is why we read in Romans 8 verse 1. I'm going to read here from verses 1 to verse 6. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Now note what God did to free us from sin and death. Verse 3 tells us, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. You see, Jesus lived a life of self-control and perfect obedience to God in our sinful flesh. That is, our fallen human nature. That was the same sinful flesh you and I have. So don't think for one minute that Jesus had a different kind of body in substance from you and me. His physical nature had the same appetites and passions as yours and mine. And he was tempted strongly on appetite, just like you and I are. This is why Jesus can empathize with you in temptation. And he knows just what kind of help you need when you are tempted. So don't give up and don't give in. Jesus is always there to help you by his Spirit through the Word. And so why does he do this? Well, Romans 8, the next verse, gives the reason. I'm reading verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, you know, this is where the peace from God comes. It doesn't come from minding the flesh, that is, living according to the flesh. It comes from a conscious knowledge of living in accordance with God's will. You know, there is no peace at the Lord unto the wicked, Isaiah 48 verse 22. Sadly, so many people are trying to find peace within by pleasing themselves. When you do that, you can't help but end up miserable. Not only that, but when you abuse your physical powers, you know what? You end up shortening the period of life in which your life can be used by God for his glory. Let's have a look again in the book uh, Christ Operate Lessons. It explains this. Notice this. I'm reading from page 346, 347. It says here, By allowing ourselves to form wrong habits... By keeping late hours, by gratifying appetite at the expense of health, we lay the foundation for feebleness. By neglecting physical exercise, by overworking mind or body, we unbalance the nervous system. Those who thus shorten their lives 
and unfit themselves for service by disregarding nature's laws are guilty of robbery toward God. And they are robbing their fellow men also. The opportunity of blessing others, the very work for which God has sent us into this world, has by their own course of action been cut short. The Lord holds us guilty when by our injurious habits we thus deprive the world of good. So, you know, it's you know, the commandment, you know, thou shalt not steal and, and thou shalt not kill. I mean, when we don't control our appetites, when we give in to pleasing ourselves, disregarding the laws of nature, not practicing temperance in, in, um, in sleeping, in eating, in working, we overwork, we don't sleep enough, we stay up too late, or we, and we um, eat too much, eat, eat the wrong kind of things. When we do that, we are destroying our bodies. And if we destroy our bodies... We're taking away from the life that God has given to us to be a blessing to this world. So we're robbing God of being a blessing in this world. We're robbing our fellow men of being a blessing to them. And we're killing ourselves. You see, Jesus wants you and me to be a blessing in this world today. Always. But we can't unless we govern our appetites. So the takeaway for me today is this. Our first parents fell over appetite and lost their right to an inheritance in this earth. Esau did the same thing and lost his birthright. But Jesus, the inheritor of the eternal promises that God has given to us, he took our sinful fallen nature upon himself and lived a life of righteousness. He overcame the temptation on appetite in that nature. How? By the same way you and I can, living by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, the Bible. When we become acquainted with God through it and make its principles a vital part of our life, we have power to control appetite. We have power to resist the enemy. We have power to be a light and blessing in this world. And this is all God wants us to be. So by his grace, it's my prayer for you that you'll be that today. Dear Father in heaven, we come to you now to thank you firstly for this meditation. We thank you for your love to us. We thank you for your dear son who you sent to our world to pay the price for sin and to bring victory into our lives. I pray that particularly on this point of appetite that we will gain that victory, Lord, as Jesus did, that we will lay hold on your love, on your word, on your grace as Jesus did, and that we will be empowered to live a life of temperance, a life of self-control, a life that, that enables us to serve you fully and perfectly and wholly as you want us to, to be a blessing to this world for as long as we can and, and to please you for as long as we can in all things. We pray this in and through the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. This has been uh, Paul Chapman with the 7am Bible. I trust you've gained a blessing. And uh, go out there and be a blessing. So whatever, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going today, I hope and pray that you have a great day. Until next time, take care and God bless. Drought and storm, what heights of
Destiny, no power of hell. 